we believe in 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 yansuru man yasha allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give victory to whoever he wants and to see the change of the people the nation the awakening and this is a, a comment that ibn khaldun mentioned mm-hmm. that when there's no more um asabiya uh, nation solidarity between the people and their government the government won't have a future the government will, will fail you know why can't we eliminate racism in the world despite all the efforts i sincerely believe one of the reasons that this zionism is the core of racism in the world it breeds racism it justifies and legitimizes racism everywhere let anybody say what they want you do your own assessment see where your internal compass takes you that's and subhanallah the majority of people who haven't been exposed to the palestinian cause as soon as they look at the situation like yeah. somebody at work was telling me non-muslim irish friend very good close non-muslim irish friend he was saying ahmed this is david and goliath in action mm. <laughs> can those who claim that they follow judaism or the scriptures see that they are goliath and they're attacking david and uh, you know i think it was a, a quote uh, zahir mahmoud maybe you said this that now those masajid that said you know they don't want to talk about al-aqsa mm. uh, because of uh, the negative attention it will bring to their masjid you know al-aqsa is worth a thousand of those masajid i mean david cameron i remember you know seeing a quote from him yeah calling nelson mandela terrorist and yeah. you know yeah he's evil blah, blah blah when he's a youngster and then i saw a picture of him literally sitting at mandela's feet like some kind of servile little mm. uh, you know waste of a human being <laughs> right yeah. uh, the other thing is those living inside are largely unreligious or irreligious they say that 50% or more mm. consider themselves secular yeah and ironically 70% consider themselves god's chosen people mm. so you can sort of do the maths there you know in decades to come we will recognize this as a true apartheid mm. like uh, beit salam and other human rights watch and other human rights organizations have called it a clear apartheid mm. You know those teachers do not want to be on the wrong side of history with their face on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh for 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 decades to come to be associated as racists and Zionists. Assalamu alaikum brothers and sisters. Islam Tunisia had a very unique Ramadan this year in raising over 130,000 pounds mashallah through your generosity for our charity partner One Ummah Charity who we worked with to deliver emergency aid in 15 crisis-hit countries around the world. And one of them is Palestine and the city of Gaza in particular. Just look at the images, the amazing images of your sadaqah and zakah being delivered in Gaza this Ramadan. These images were taken just before the war on Al-Aqsa and Gaza began subhanallah. As you've seen, the situation is beyond imaginable right now. Hundreds of Muslims have been killed, including a large number of children. Thousands of Palestinians have been injured. More than 90,000 people have been displaced. On Wednesday the 20th of May, one ummah delivered hot meals across Gaza, for example. The team distributed them to a hospital and two schools where displaced families have taken refuge. Now, we need to urgently provide crucial aid and medical aid to hospitals who are in dire need of your help. We need your help. Gaza needs your help. £100 to provide emergency aid. Please donate generously. The link is on screen and in the description below. Please share it and please do continue to make dua for the Palestinians and the rest of the Ummah at large, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome to this special unscripted podcast around this special table. Uh, we have three very important guests today. Uh, joining me kind of like guests, co-hosts, whatever. We have a, we have a, a amazing conversation ahead uh, planned for you today. Uh, we have 
Ustad Omar Hajjaj, uh, the founder, the head of Yasin Youth Tours, mashallah We have Ustad uh, Abu Hanifa Suhail, he's a senior school leader. And we have Ustad uh, Ahmed Hamouda, who is our uh, prolific writer and former uh, Middle East editor at Islam 21C. Uh, we spoke about, subhanAllah, the situation in Gaza and in particular with a flavor of looking at the young people who are inspiring us uh, across the world and here in UK uh, with their activism, uh, with their you know zeal uh, and uh, you know inspiring everyone else, subhanAllah. And also some of the obstacles that are getting in the way of them taking up the mantle as leaders of the best ummah. Just before we begin, just a quick reminder, uh, if you like this podcast, remember to give a like and a share. Let us know in the comments below what you think. Uh, and also consider subscribing to this podcast. Hit the bell notification so you get all the um, juicy notifications straight to your inbox. And also consider uh, supporting the podcast, £5 a month. Uh, clicking somewhere here uh, or in the link in the description below. It's only 16p. I believe you can do it. So without further ado, there we go. Assalamu alaikum, gents. For joining us, it's a special one. We've never done this kind of round table before, but I couldn't um, resist the, uh, the, the the option to have all of you on at once. Um, so, people in Gaza, people in Palestine generally are, have been um, celebrating victory. Why do you think that is? I mean, a lot of people have been talking about it, um, discussing is it a victory, is it not? What do you think? Bismillah, alhamdulillah, salatu wa salam ala rasulillah. Some would argue that victory is a relative concept mm. and it's by the determination of those who claim it. Uh, I've had that question several times at work. For some reason, it's been quite frustrating for, let's say, those more inclined towards the Zionist uh, narrative. I think victory is the failure of mm. the aggressing party to achieve its objective mm. is a victory for those being aggressed upon. Secondly, if we put it in the context of Gaza, Let's ask, what did the Zionist entity seek to achieve? Mm. It was to dislodge the movement, to dislodge mm. the resistance, to defeat people's morale. It wasn't, subhanAllah, anything less than that. What have they achieved from that? Mm. Civilian destruction, the killing of people, loss of international reputation and political mm. uh, currency. No. Yeah. And on the other hand, the resistance is as strong as it was from before. Mm. People's morale is exactly as it was before, maybe even stronger. Yeah. A ground invasion was entirely ruled out on this occasion. Total Sheikh. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you. Um, I think more people, there was an awakening from young people, from different nations, from countries that we've never heard support from before, mm. all supporting the Palestinian people, speaking out, um, lobbying their governments, protests, demonstrations. So I think that's a victory that people sided with, with the Palestinians and finally... Yeah many more people um, saw the truth that was perhaps trying to, uh, perhaps covered for the last 70 years or so yeah mm. yeah i mean sheikh Aitha mentioned in his uh, message uh when when the ceasefire kind of news came out he was saying you know uh, the the victory for a resistance movement mm. is to actually carry on existing and carry yeah. on resisting absolutely. So. Mm. absolutely nobody expects it to overcome israel at this mm. moment in time yeah. So indeed, survival is victory. Not just survival. 2014, the Zionist entity mm. was speaking about a grand evasion every other day. This time, it wasn't even on the table. Mm. In terms of statistics, just yesterday, the leader of the resistance came out to say, mm. from an intelligence perspective, mm. they managed to kill one out of 100 targeted political 
representatives in Gaza, one. And five out of 500 targeted military personnel, five. Mm. And there is news, came out yesterday or the day before, to say that the intelligence head of the Mossad Mm. will be leaving his post in a month's time. <laughs> I think that's, that's mm. confirmed because I think we always look at it from the perspective of a kind of moral victory yeah. and uh, a, a kind of uh, spiritual victory. And often that looks like consoling mm. people. But when you look here, there's been genuine failures on the ground. You know, mm. like, like you said, you know, the head of the intelligence services uh, seriously underestimated the strength of the resistance in Gaza. You know, they failed to even begin or follow through with the ground invasion. Yeah. So even in military terms, before we go to the moral, spiritual, mm. uh, the global kind of outpouring of support, there were serious failures. And that failure was played out on an international stage in real time mm. on social media mm. as people watched, you know, the mm. iconic scenes on Friday when uh, Al-Aqsa was stormed and soldiers were you know running for their lives yeah. back you know the, the these have been broadcast in real time yeah. and whatever the kind of zionist stranglehold on major media outlets the democratization yeah. of media means you know the youngsters in their in their homes pe you know people in their workplaces they're watching it in the palm of their hands it feels like i mean if you've been in you know in, in the in this game for a while you've been you know protests and that kind of stuff mm. it feels i don't know just anecdotally it feels that this time it feels different mm. it do, does do you know do you, is that something we tell ourselves all the time or i mean does it, is it actually I, I was there for the protests in, you know during the iraq war and mm. i've been here for the, the gaza pro uh, protests and the palestinian protests every saturday last saturday was about 180,000 mm. mm. in mm. hyde park now what normally happened and bear in mind that's after the ceasefire was announced yeah that's what's surprising you know normally once the atrocities atrocities die down there's a loss of enthusiasm yeah. momentum the opposite is happening more people more speakers you know, and more mainstreaming of the issue is happening. And a very yeah. diverse group in the speakers, a lot of Jewish people there as well, mm. which absolutely demolishes the idea that they're, you know, they, it, mm. it's quite shocking when you look at the BBC and what they report about, you know, Hitler at chance and anti-Semitic remarks when there were Jewish speakers, you know, many mm. senior people. You know, I personally mm. spoke to Glyn Secker, from, who's a Jewish voice for Labour, mm. incensed with the way, you know, the, the kind of savagery of Israel has been portrayed as something as universally accepted by Jews. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That in and of itself is anti-Semitic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Indeed, uh, I mean, half of the world's Jewry live outside of uh, so-called Israel. Yeah. And uh, one of the tenets of Zionism is that you must die in the so-called promised land. Mm. So clearly there's an enormous objection right. to the creation of this entity mm. by six million or so uh, Jews living outside. Mm. Uh, the other thing is those living inside are largely unreligious or irreligious. They say that 50% or more mm. consider themselves secular. Yeah. And ironically, 70% consider themselves God's chosen people. Mm. So you can sort of do the mm. maths there. Yeah. But some of the gains are irreversible. And I think this is the permanence of the gains that have been achieved. Mm. For instance, uh, Ireland's position mm. is one we really need to recognize. Tabarakallah. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. will set the precedent in uh, Western uh, democracies to mm. follow suit, inshallah. Remember, Ireland was the first country in Western Europe to ban the import of South African goods during the apartheid mm. because of the actions of a single yeah. lady, Mary Manning, when she refused to handle a grapefruit coming from uh, apartheid South Africa. So, inshallah, the unification of the movement in Palestine as well. Yeah. I mean, the Jerusalemites led the way. 
the Ghazans responded, then the movement was nationwide mm. and international, yeah. mm. including in the occupied territories of ancient yeah. Palestine. Yeah. One million Palestinians moved. So. Something unprecedented. Yeah, I yeah they said it was the, the, the most united march since 1936 or something. Mm-hmm. The different Palestinian villages and yeah. towns and cities hadn't risen up yeah. at the same mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. In terms of so how it was different this time around, one of the one of the brothers he mentioned um, uh, that he found, or he said, "What do you think about this contention?" Right, that the Palestinians themselves on the ground in Jerusalem and in Al Quds in Gaza, they were reaching. They kind of circumvented us here. The, the traditional brokers of uh, you know knowledge dissemination and, and activism and stuff they reach directly to our young people here on TikTok mm. on Instagram all that kind of stuff uh, all the stuff the young people are into these days whatever <laughs> Snapchat not, and not that we would know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they were reaching out and getting that those mm. videos getting those you know that that news directly to our young people and mm. that spurred a kind of grassroots, mm. youth-led mm. Um, kind of They uh, made everyone wave. feel part of it, Yeah. even those in, in the West. Because what picked up uh, this time is uh, Clubhouse. Ah, That's where yeah. they were g- g- um, giving updates, regular updates, and uh, they were sending messages to the mm. youth here in the West to say, your duty um, is as important as ours to, to raise awareness and to do your part in, in the West. So you've been you've been taking like you know groups of youths to protests and stuff and demonstrations from Yasin Youth uh, Center. What's your experience been with the young people this time? Because uh, you know this is is it's so much potential kind mm. of uh, power mm. yeah. the Muslim community has. You know, growing in the in, yeah. in, in the in the young people. Um, as a Palestinian myself, growing up in the UK, I attended many protests from from as young as six, seven years old. And I remember protests being uh, very small, very quiet, and it was mostly old people and um, many people from the left-wing uh, groups. Mm. But today, subhanAllah, last uh, protest I attended, the diversity is amazing. Mm. And to see religious people was so mm. uh, amazing. To see people pray together, to, to uh, the adhan, to hear the reminders. Friends of Al-Aqsa were very prominent. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, and the main organizers being... Uh, Islamic and Muslim figures working mm. in coordination with, with other uh, organization that for me was very touching was very amazing mm. um, because usually to tell you the truth growing up protest wasn't um, the most comfortable places to go to it was usually dominated by non, non-religious uh, mm. protesters but this time subhanAllah those who took a lead and it was amazing to see organizations that we know uh, so it's not just uh, Yasin Youth played a small part but there's other um, organizations they took a group of uh, groups of young people yeah. and they made placards and and they spoke especially when um we've heard arguments and and voices from a minority uh, group of people to say that protest is is haram protest is uh khuruj protest is is bid'ah mm-hmm. and this uh for me personally i had many young people asking me you know i want to do something for palestine i want to go to these protests but i heard from a few people on youtube that this is bid'ah and haram you know what should i do um, is it how how widespread is that thing? Uh, Ahmed and I were talking about it on mm. the way here. That is this like a widespread thing that young people are these shubuhat and these arguments about bid'ah or whatever you know protesting is is haram. Is it something widespread or are we? 
I don't yeah. think I don't think majority people believe that. However, yeah. we have a problem on uh, in the in the market. You can say where young people, uh, very fortunately, they're not sectarian. The young mm-hmm. people of today, which is which is good, so they prefer to listen to, you know, English speaking speakers, um, and they most young people today they don't seek knowledge from the local mosque mm. or the local you know Dar al Ulum or Madrasa, they get the information online, and there are a few uh, figures, a few individuals, who kind of dominate the the social media Islamic. Mm. Um, especially like the, um, they're very good at marketing, so they're very good at reaching out to to young people. So because mm-hmm. no one else spoke about um, protests, let's say the other argument of protests being permissible, um, encouraging young people to go. It's not a thing. It's like it wasn't it a thing. Have, if w- it wouldn't be something you you need to speak about. It's something so clear yeah. and obvious. You wouldn't, like you wouldn't say, you know, drinking water is okay. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's it a means. It's a, yeah. The thing is, like we've we've seen Muslim nations so-called Muslim nations side overtly with the Zionists in this war. Yeah. And yeah. there is evidence to suggest certain Gulf countries took part yeah. in the bombing of Gaza with the endorsement of Muslim, so-called Muslim da'i voices on mm. social media. No, no, no. So the youth, they've been empowered by this in a way. Mm. In a way, this has been an own goal. Mm. Because they're able to identify that when somebody speaks mm. entire nonsense, yeah. that a means or any means that seeks to uh, disrupt those in power or in authority is haram. They're mm. able to say, well, what have you done? What action have you implemented on mm. the ground? It, they say it's haram because of, say, free mixing. Okay, we agree that free mixing shouldn't happen in protests and so on. Have you protested in a male-only, female-only protest, for instance? As yeah, they had one in my local town, Slough. They had women and children on march. Yeah. Did they participate yeah. in that? They had no participation. So people can see that this is an active mm. attempt to quieten every type of opposition to authority or, f- or even activism. The danger of, of younger people seeing that is, you know, some people who are, are performing kind of Islamicness with the you know, beards and robes and so forth and using mm. Arabic terminology, the danger of them doing that and them seeing these identifi- identifiably Islamic kind of voices and personalities are basically telling me to do what the whole the fitrah of the human being is screaming mm. out to do. It's fitrah indeed. The danger of that is though they might have young people will end up thinking, oh, scholars in general yeah. are on that sellout. Yeah, there there have been a lot of kind of quite dismissive remarks. Yeah. Why don't what are the scholars doing? As yeah. if they're just uh, you know sitting studying doing nothing else. You know, uh, the resistance. You know, it is led by scholars. You know, mm. people who. You know, keep the the essence of that message through their actions, through their movement, through mm. their activism. But this is a problem that people have started to uh, whitewash all scholars as uh, you know being sellouts or mm. you know not speaking truth to power, and if, as if it's only the young people who are standing up. So I think we need to be careful with yeah. that. There's just a few voices, and it's mm. it's really it really points to a mindset when you start to scrutinize tiny little things and. Ignore the bigger mm-hmm. picture. It's the same people who obsess with, you know, uh, types of vinegar being halal or not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these, these mm-hmm. endless debates on minutiae mm-hmm. while ignoring uh, an enormous global movement mm-hmm. uh, and its impact uh, on Muslims, on oppression across the world. Yeah. 
And I think they're slowly being sidelined, but we yeah. have to be careful. I've seen even practicing brothers, yeah. sisters make those kind of dismissive yeah. statements. But that's what made it different this time. It was very iman boosting for me to be with my brothers and sisters mm. in solidarity. Like you lot were like uh, setting fires to cars and stuff. Iman boosting. No, there's. I mean, there's a, there's a strong reflection in, in that. That is our characteristic as mm. the final um, ummah of Muhammad mm. Salam, is to be part of the mainstream. Is to be mm. part of normality, so. the fitrah. I mean, children mm. protest when they don't get mm. food, don't get milk. Subhanallah, mm. it is part of the fitrah. Yeah, but. When people start seeing themselves become discredited, the mm. only way they come to prominence is to say things that are strange, mm. out of the ordinary. Mm. No, we shouldn't attempt to That's be out of the viral. ordinary. That's what yeah. goes viral. We, Allah subhanahu yeah. wa ta'ala says, mm. Whoever causes uh, disruption or whoever mm. causes enmity towards the Prophet والسلام, and follows other than the way of the Mu'mineen. So if people want rules of thumb, look at the collective. No. What are the collective Ummah doing? Inshallah, that's the way of guidance, mm -hmm. not what those in the fringe here and there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you see everyone in, in, the, in these protests, you see all types of people. Mm -hmm. And we forget, sometimes we're in our circles, so we forget about normal Muslims and how they feel to see, to see them speaking out and to see their support their efforts are more than many, many, many of us, subhanAllah. So it was very impressive and uh, inspirational to see. In, in the last protest, I, I made a point of speaking to some people who I would consider unusual to be in that yeah. protest. So I, I, I saw um, um, a family and I spoke to them, asked them why they were there. They, they didn't want to be filmed, interestingly enough, but they, you, know, you saw senior consultants from the NHS. Mm. Uh, I saw a Polish guy, a Polish Christian guy. Wow. You know, people who really are being moved by their humanity yeah and that's all you can say being moved by their humanity to be there mm. and for me that was so refreshing mm. you know we become quite fatalistic in our outlook the media the narrative you know it's a, it's a global conspiracy there's no there's no light at the end of the tunnel and to see people from all these different backgrounds moved by their humanity that's all mm. yeah you know before you definitely got on these protests a very strong kind of socialist worker yeah exactly yeah. uh you, you know anti-establishment kind of feeling but mm. here you just felt people who were moved by their humanity uh, in solidarity with the suffering of the palestinians mm. even people who didn't have a terrible under terribly deep understanding of the situation but they could see images which disturbed mm. them enough mm. to come out on a saturday like this you know and uh, I, I think that's a that is I something think that's unique. the main battleground you know that that kind of undecided or hmm. kind of um, passive neutral slice of the population which is like the majority yeah. you have like the hardcore activists you have the hardcore mm. you know anti-activists or zionists or those who are telling people yeah. don't protest yeah. <laughs> but the the main body of people are just you know getting on with their lives and they don't want to uh you know they, they, mm. they're just unmoved generally by the inertia and stuff of daily life and, but and yeah, if they, they're moved they're, and their movement sometimes has been within hours you know we've seen decades of kind of dormant uh, passive acceptance of what uh, you know uh, the Zionist state is doing and then you've seen people overnight changing their views becoming more mm. active becoming moved and this been this has been amazing for me to see mm. you know literally you know, in workplaces, policies changing overnight, you know, 
uh, and symbols being brought in the next day yeah. in support of what it, uh, uh, of the Palestinian yeah. resistance movement. Well, the arg argument goes is that it's the young people who have mm. made it so loud on social yeah. media yeah. that it's exactly. too loud to ignore now. Before it was, like I said, old people, social. And to be honest, they were there for decades, but they weren't that effective. Yeah. And I really think that these are signs of uh, victory coming soon mm. to the people in Palestine. Uh, I was discussing with a very senior scholar a few weeks ago, and he was saying everyone's just being um, kind of emotional regarding the topic of victory. There's no way that you can be victorious against uh, the, the, the Israeli entity because of the UN, because of uh, Americans, uh, American support. So give me a practical roadmap. And subhanAllah, after thinking, we as Muslims, we believe in mu'jizat, we believe in uh, miracles. We believe in, in, in uh, yansuru man yasha, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give victory to whoever he wants. And to see the change of the people, the nation, the awakening, and this is a, a comment that Ibn Khaldun mentioned, mm -hmm. that when there's no more um, asabiyya, uh, nation solidarity between the people and their government, the government won't have a future, the yeah. government will, will fail. So imagine the nations all over the world, they stop supporting their governments. They make it a condition that the government needs to make clear policies in regards to uh, the Israeli occupation. Yeah. They can't move, they can't uh, support the Israeli occupation anymore. And what you mentioned regarding the youth, uh, Ibn Khaldun mentioned something similar regarding that every 40 years Allah Azza wa Jal mm. would revive the Ummah and bring change. This will only happen through the youth, the new generation yeah. um, who don't have the previous challenges and the barriers that existed. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe and click that donate button too. And they don't have that view of, you know, hey, let's just be subjects. No. You know, they feel like citizens, a bit like, you know, how Banu Israel had to wander the desert mm. for 40 mm. years. Some scholars said that, so young people who mm. were born into freedom can They're then purified, go, and go yeah. ahead and and, and yeah. carry out the, 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 the task of... And, and it know. was inevitable, right? I mean, it's yeah. part of the curriculum in schools to teach about the apartheid yeah. movement in South Africa. You know, um, it, you, you saw the, the legacy of the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm. You know, people thought that they could just fill young people's heads with these ideals mm -hmm. and there would be no internalization, mm. no attempt to kind of project that on the world. Yeah. No, it was very naive for them to mm. think that would be the case. Absolutely. And for you to be able to say, follow your moral conscience yeah. or your moral conscience, and that will naturally lead you to the cause of justice, puts mm. a, gives you a lot of credibility, mm. gives your cause a lot of credibility. You're almost lifting your hands from intervention. Mm. Let anybody say what they want. You do your own assessment. See where your internal compass takes you. That's, and subhanAllah, the majority of people who haven't been exposed to the Palestinian cause, as soon as they look at the situation, like yeah. somebody at work was telling me, non-Muslim, Irish friend, very good, close non-Muslim Irish friend. He was saying, Ahmed, this is David and Goliath in action. Mm. <laughs> Can those who claim that they follow Judaism or the scriptures see that they are Goliath and they're attacking David? Mm. SubhanAllah. Mm. And this yeah. comes from an entirely neutral observer yeah. mm. with no Islamic backdrop. That's the thing. Now the people have the information, access to that information before mm. it's been filtered through traditional power and knowledge mm. brokers, you know, mm. Sky News, BBC and mm. whatnot. Um, they did and, terrible and, and this time, subhanAllah. What you mentioned about just what Ibn Khaldun said, rahimahullah, you know, um, people say, we need Salahuddin. Mm. Yeah. But what about the the hundred years, few mm. hundred years that led up to Salahuddin, mm. right? Mm. Mm. Now, uh, Sheikh uh, Asfuddin, he mentioned, he asked, 
Dr. Osman Latif on a WhatsApp group the other day, yeah? Can you give us some bullet points? Because his PhD was the jihad poetry of that era, yeah? Mm. Of the Crusader era mm. and stuff. He goes, can you give us some bullet points about, you know, what was the historical backdrop to the the liberation of Al-Quds by Salah mm. He sent a 27-minute long voice note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's player. mentioning stuff that I, I didn't know, you know, uh, ever happened, right? Like, just talking about the historical backdrop mm. of, you know, like the Zengid dynasty was actually, you know, would fight and, and be against the Ayyubid mm. dynasty. And, you know, they had to go through a process of unification and unifying. Mm. And... Um, Bring and having public readings of Fadailul Quds, Fadailul Dimashq, and you know the virtues of uh, mm. of the Holy Land and 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 so forth. Uh, 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 public readings of uh, uh, poetry about mm. you know getting the the general masses into the kind of mm. the, the the mood for resisting mm. and the mood for liberation, the mood mm. for a jihad, basically, and the jihad poetry yeah. and stuff. And, and then he goes, then he goes, sorry for the brief, you know, very. <laughs> Very summary, brief, uh, <laughs> summary. <laughs> but we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, as we'll speak to him, we're gonna do record something with him in more detail, inshallah. Mm. Uh, stay tuned, uh, mm. you know, for that. Slamtrinity.com. But mm. uh, it was mind blowing, you know, the stuff that, and and I th- and I saw, you know, um, a lot of the a lot of reflections, you know, into in today's day and 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 age as well. You know, in terms of when I was a kid, I didn't know much about Aqsa. But now, like mm. now that what's what's been happening, make sure we make sure we tell our kids, yeah. and, you know. And I think, Doctor Salman, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I think this is the, the the best time to to educate the people about Palestine. I think many things people did not know about Palestine from the clothes, the mm. food, the history, the heritage, <laughs> and you're you're right. Omar's been doing his part in uh, educating me in the cuisine of. <laughs> <laughs> Palestine. The and the the maqlube. Now, even, even if you don't like it, you just force yourself to eat it, so you become <laughs> part of the cause. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone wants to open a, a business, Kanafe yeah. right now would would definitely yeah, sell. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Um, so, so this is this is what we need to take advantage of. I think. Yeah. Um, Alhamdulillah, who mentioned the Black Lives uh, Matter? It's becoming a movement now. Free Palestine that, as a slogan. I'm seeing even graffiti's. Yeah. Free Palestine is becoming now. A, a, a movement with the with the young generation. <laughs> mm. I wanted uh, uh, Sheikh Abu Hanifa to speak about what's happening in schools because I've seen some uh, mm. videos. Mm. I was very shocked to see some students being uh, mm. uh, kicked out of schools because of uh, slogans like "Free Palestine" and so on. Mm. Give us a bit of an insight. Well, I mean, uh, particularly last week, uh, you saw a sudden surge, and this is what I talk about almost overnight where students started to come in with Palestinian flags, mm. um, Palis- uh, uh, emblems, badges, mm. um, and feeling very strongly. And for the first time, challenging figures of authority, challenging mm. their teachers, senior leaders, um, about the narrative which was being fed to them. You see, there's this kind of contradiction whereby children are being taught to be critical thinkers, yeah. mm-hmm. open-minded, yeah. problem solvers, mm. you know, uh, leaders. Yeah, yeah leaders. Mm. Uh, while teachers and governors are simultaneously have been subject to you know quite severe conditioning since mm. 2015, we have the prevent duty. Oh yeah. You know, which makes very kind of racist overtures about uh, you know Muslimness. Uh, you know, uses actually the Palestinian cause as a marker, as an indicator for Extreme politically extreme. motivated violence. So-called so radicalization. Yeah, so-called radicalization. <clears throat> now, you, you've inevitably going to get a clash there. We've got young people, idealistic, taught to be critical thinkers. You've got 
They're teachers. learning about apartheid. They're yeah. learning about. They're, they've been brought yeah. up on this kind of idealistic world. They they listen to assemblies. You can be what you want. You can achieve. Mm. You can make change. <laughs> Nelson <laughs> and, Mandela. Yeah, Nelson yeah. Mandela. And then he used know, to be a terrorist, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah. Then you've got you know school leaders, governors being you know effectively. Uh, grinded down over a period of five to seven years through the mm. prevent duty through you know really tacky videos assemblies british, you know, british values british values yeah. just an iteration of british values projected by the home office mm. now that was uh, you know a clash waiting to happen mm. and to be honest it gave me so much heart because i'd almost lost hope in this generation yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they seemed so lazy so you know so ineffective neutralized neutralized through yeah. so through social media and mm. then Suddenly, you find them just overnight, you know, showing that level of yeah. enthusiasm, <laughs> courage, yeah. and 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 not being on the back foot. You know, you've seen the videos where the uh, teachers are trying to bully them, and mm. now that's not representative of all schools at all. You know, like yeah. there are many schools which have organised protests. <laughs> you have to say that, though, <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> not my school. <laughs> <laughs> many schools have organised protests and demonstrations. They've made this school oh, uniform flexible to accommodate the Palestinian badge. They're now taking a more balanced narrative with regards to what's happening in Palestine. Teachers themselves are completely changing their views. Mm. So, but there are some schools where y you can only call it stupidity and ignorance. Where mm. you know, even head teachers have come on. You know, online and said, oh, this is a type of anti-Semitism, it's a type of hate. You know, just too, totally shooting themselves in the foot and showing mm. themselves really how outdated they are. Mm. So I think it was I inevitable suppose, coming. I suppose that happened in with apartheid in South Africa as well. Mm. Yeah. You know, you would have had some that... I mean, David Cameron, I remember, you know, seeing a quote from him. Yeah. Calling Nelson Mandela terrorist and, yeah. you know, yeah, he's evil, blah, 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 when he's a youngster. And then I saw a picture of him literally sitting at Mandela's feet, like some kind of servile little, mm. uh, you know, uh, waste of a human being, right? Yeah. That these people, they, they, they have to, and, and the, 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 the reflections to apartheid South, South Africa are so, you know, clear that literally they were called terrorists as well, mm. right? Mm. And then overnight, kind of overnight or after a short period of time when the narrative changed mm. those people who are calling them terrorists look stupid indeed mm. and, and as uh, Sheikh uh, Abu Hanifa mentioned it's a known goal yeah. if to insist on the equivalence of Semitism and the racist aggressive ideology of Zionism mm. only subjects Semitism if we assume it means Judaism yeah. or Jewishness to attack because Zionism is morally wrong Mm -hmm. So and children know what is morally right and wrong. So for you to say that what is morally wrong is Semitic, then you are actually breeding a generation that has been ill-informed about what is Semitism, mm -hmm. what is religiosity. So. We sh as Muslims should be the first to invite every religion to read their scriptures. Uh, Subhanallah, you mentioned the children of Israel. Yani they acknowledged that the two occasions that they were driven out of the land, and they were believers at the time who believed in the message of Tawheed were driven out because of their sins, mm. were driven out because of their injustices. And uh, the, the books of the Torah, Exodus, Leviticus, and so on, they have extensive chapters speaking about dealing with the so-called alien or the foreigner or the non-Jew, mm. the other. SubhanAllah, we should teach children that this mm. is exactly what constitutes religiosity. At the same time, tell those who are insisting that the two are equivalent, Semitism and Zionism, that they are, they are only, object, only subjecting Semitism mm. to harm.
in the mm. future. I mean, it's but clear. Th- this time I've seen so many mm. Jewish voices so mm. public, you know, um, at the demonstrations, at the marches, reaching out to young people as well, mm. reaching out to the Muslim community as well. I think Zionists for too long had become like the sole voice mm. of the Jewish community. But now, you know, if you look at history, there's such a rich heritage of diversity of views in the Jewish community. But now we're seeing mm-hmm. pro-Palestinian Jews coming to the forefront, being more vocal, being more confident in their views. And I think that's really isolating the Zionists yeah. and really kind of showing their true colors for what they are, which, you know, is the most potent form of racism in the world. You know, why can't we eliminate racism? in the world despite all the efforts i sincerely believe one of the reasons that this zionism is the core of racism in the world it breeds racism yeah. it justifies and legitimizes racism and literally mm-hmm. as pro-zionist anti uh, pro-israeli groups are funding the likes of tommy robinson and mm-hmm. well-known uh, racists and islamophobes and white supremacists all across the world well he was there at the yeah. the pro-israeli <laughs> yeah. yeah to be Around fair the there were from, jewish groups yeah. who heavily criticized his participation yeah, yeah. I mean, Imran Shah from a head of MPEC UK, he wrote a really good article, you know, showcasing that why the end of Islamophobia and racism requires the end of Zionism. Absolutely. Because it's such a, you know, a, a kind of one way traffic in, in supporting. Um, and we asked this to uh, Professor Finkelstein, I remember, saying, why, mm. why do uh, uh, white supremacists, far right fascists love Israel? Only now, uh, Salman, if you remember, yeah. before the EDL, who used to represent the far right, you yeah. brothers remember? What's his name? The BNP. BNP, yeah. yeah. BNP. And Nick Griffin, for all of his flaws and weaknesses, actually came out to say something yeah. on the lines of, we were offered, we were offered support on condition that we don't condemn it, the state yeah. of Israel. Wow. And we refused. So the opposite of that is that for the survival of the far right, you need <laughs> to support miss, Israel. Don't you miss it if that, that, that kind of racist... <laughs> <laughs> Brother Nick. At least you know where you stood with them. They weren't like... Uh, yeah. <laughs> they weren't that bad after all. <laughs> I miss Nick Griffin, man. Where's he gone? How is he? <laughs> uh, let's mix things up a bit. Mm. You were mentioning that maybe we can get um, get a call to your grandmother, Hafidhullah. Mm. Um because we were talking about, you know, the importance of just the narrative here and, and getting personal stories out. And mm. I think you were mentioned before we started recording, and I was like, don't mention the last, must mention it when we're recording. You mentioned that the tide turned. Was it you mentioned the tide turned when they sh- when uh, a video of mm. a young Palestinian girl with an American accent, mm. mm-hmm. you know, went viral. Mm. And that's how you get the hearts and minds of people by showing empathy, showing them as mm. human beings, mm. rather than the whole the billions of dollars of, of dehumanization and propaganda to otherize, to mm. um, delegitimize mm. Palestinian resistance and, and Palestinians, you know. Mm. So it would be great to maybe mm. speak to your grandmother, let people know who, who she is or her story. And yeah, yeah, I don't mind giving her a call. Yeah. Um, my grandmother is over uh, 80 years old, so that mm. means she lived in Palestine before the, the Israeli occupation. Um, and uh, even though she's not, um, she's not the, you know the, the most uh, educated woman. I just love visiting her and, and hearing stories, real authentic stories. Uh, she's actually from Al Quds as well, Jerusalem. So she knows <coughs> Hay, uh, Sheikh Jarrah and uh, mm. 
she she used to uh, pray in Masjid al-Aqsa. I was minutes away from her. Um, yeah, I don't mind calling her. Salam alaikum. Salam alaikum, كيف حالك الله يرضى عليك يا ستي حنن عليك يا ربي حالك الله يرضى عليك ويوفقك يا رب ويعطيك لا يرضيك يا خيي الله يرضى عليك الله يبارك فيك الله يعطيك العافيه خش السلام عليكم يا حاجه يا رب يعطيك الصحه والعافيه يا رب امين هذا الشيخ احمد حموده فلسطيني الاصل كذلك نعم وفي عندي دكتور سلمان بات هو دكتور ما شاء الله بال بالعلوم في بناء الدوئي دكتور سلمان هو معنا ومعنا الشيخ ابو حنيفه هو مدير مدرسه ما شاء الله ما شاء الله 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 يحفظك يا ستي ستي احنا الان في برنامج في استوديو بدنا نسالك سؤال بخصوص فلسطين خاصه في القدس اه فلسطين حره الله يا رب على اعدائنا فلسطين حلوه كثير واحنا كنا ننزل على الحرم نصلي وبعدين نقعد في الحرم يعني بيعملوا سبيل للي بيبعتشان بالحرم اللي بيجوا يصلوا وفي محلات هناك يتوضوا النسوان والازلام بالحرم وقعده الحرم شرحه وحلوه وهواها طلق يعني سبحان الله يعني من غير البلاد يعني هواها طلق ويعني الواحد بحس حاله انه اكنه يعني شيء تمام حلو يعني بتشرح القلب انت ستي كنت مين يعني آه. عن فلسطين وهواها وبلدها يعني وانا يعني اتجوزت طلعت من فلسطين وتجوزت وبعدين احنا ان دار بفلسطين بعقبه السرايا القديمه بيتنا قريب, قريب على الحرم قريب, قريب من حي الشيخ جراح لا احنا بكره السرايا القديمه بيعرفوا الفلسطينيه بيعرفوا وين يعني كم دقيقه بين بيتكم وبين المسجد الاقصى؟ زي ما بدك تقول من عندي من بيتي لبيت السوري اللي هون اللي عندنا في شبربوش المسافه ال- ال- يعني مش بعيد كثير يعني بدك اقل من ربع ساعه ما شاء الله ما شاء الله ما شاء الله وكيف ال- كيف القدس قبل الاحتلال الاسرائيلي؟ انت عشتي في فلسطين قبل الاحتلال كيف كانت القدس قبل الاحتلال قبل الاحتلال كانت كل شيء منيح ما شاء الله كل شيء رخيص الخضره البزار نروح على البزار نشتري خضره يعني الفلاحين يجيبوا تين ويجيبوا بندوره يجيبوا خضره بعدين في سوق بزار كثير كنا نروح نشتري منه الخضره وهذا البزار كثير بيجيبوا فواكه بيقطعوها من الشجر فريش طازه وبيجي بيبيعوها للناس اللي اللي ساكنين بالقد وبعدين في عنا باب الخليل عنا باب العمود شايف ما شاء الله وبعدين احنا في عنا كان محل اسمه اوتوبيس هذا في القد ما شاء الله هذا دكتور اسمه كان اسمه دكتور نزهه كان حكم الناس ما شاء الله ايش يا ستي رسالتك للامه وللعالم بخصوص القدس بخصوص فلسطين والله انا بقول الله ينصرهم والله يوقف معهم والله يرجعنا على بلادنا يا ربي بجاه القران والرحمن والله الشباب يا حرام 
انه يوم اللي يعني يوم ما راحوا مظاهرات يعني كانوا فو يعني على اعصابهم يعني وكل الدنيا هون في لندن وغير لندن وامريكا اي بلاد كل الناس يعني كانت اعصابها ويطلعوا مظاهرات والله يوقف معهم يا رب وينصرنا على اعدائنا لانه فيش والله الواحد ما في احلى من بلده هينا قاعدين ببلاد الغربه لكن احنا شو بدنا نسوي لا حول ولا قوه الا بالله آمين. الله يرجعنا على بلادنا ونقعد في هالحرم نصلي والله بتتودينا واللي فيها امين والله آمين. ينصر هالشباب وينصر هالعالم وينصرنا يا ربي على اعدائنا يا الله الله يحفظك يا الله. ستي حبيبتي آمين. الله يجزيك خير و... انت البركه يخلينا اياك ويحفظك ويطول آمين. بعمرك بالطاعه والايمان والاعمال الصالحه الله, الله يرضى عليك الله يعطيك يا حجه شكرا على وقتك شكرا عزيزه الله يخليك ويطول عمركم يا رب ويوقف معكم يا الله ينصرك على اعدائكم يا الله امين يعطيكم العمر الصحه والعافيه يا الله امين امين شكرا ستي شكرا اهلين الله الله معكم السلام عليكم الله معكم السلام عليكم Mashallah, you're going to have to translate that. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll translate the main parts yeah. that is uh, important. I mean, um, she she mentioned how, um, you know, life was easy in, in Quds mm. uh, before the occupation. Everything was cheap. She said bizarre. I think that's an original Turkish word. They got it from the Ottomans, meaning marketplaces, <coughs> how, you know, all, all the khair, we got fruits, the, the figs, the olives, the, the, the vegetables. And uh, she lived around 15 minutes walk away from uh, Al-Aqsa. She used to regularly uh, pray there. And she mentions, uh, she mentioned the word Sabil, which is another Ottoman um, uh, practice where they will build kind of water wells or um, stations where you can uh, drink water. And uh, she mentioned the fresh water they would drink there. Uh, we asked her about, uh, she mentioned a good point because she's, she's over 80, so she must have been under the British mandate. And mm-hmm. from around 1914 to until the 40s, uh, there was um, Jewish migration, in particular to uh, in, in Jerusalem and other parts of Palestine. But until now, there was no uh, entity, there was no uh, state. Um, and... In the beginning, the Palestinians, they didn't take notice of it. They, they welcomed mm-hmm. the, the Jewish uh, community and they, there was no conflict until it became very clear that there's a secret plan happening. Um, and some of the Arabs found out about the Belfort <coughs> Declaration. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the Arabs or the Palestinians, they protested. Um, and um, they, they protested against the, the, the British. In the end, the British, they wanted to pull out from the whole Palestine uh, issue, even though they organized and facilitated for the Jews to um, to take uh, Palestine, um, they couldn't control the the situation mm-hmm. anymore. So my grandmother mentioned that there was a Jewish neighborhood, and they came from places like Europe, etc. And in the end, there was there was some tensions, there was some conflict um, when when they saw that they're taking land and uh, there's been secret plans that is facilitated by the by the British government. So it did start even mm-hmm. before the forties. Yeah. Have you seen that um, that short film? Which one? Um, 2017. Ahmed sent it to me. Yes, uh, the one directed by uh, by the brother Anas Anas Al Karmi. Yeah. Ah, really? Filmed in the back garden of somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Have you seen that? Yeah, I have. It's yeah. really powerful, man. Mm. I mean, uh, I was thinking maybe we can get get. Um, uh, like a screening, screening, hmm? yeah. director's Q and A or something. 
because that's what people need to just to see to mm. hear these stories and to see like an, uh, to, to empathize with people and i think what we need is a rehumanization campaign yeah. for mm. palestinians uh, absolutely to take it back mm. to basics yeah. yeah rather than uh, focus on all of the complicated arguments and who was yeah. their first yeah. and who was their last yeah. and all of yeah, yeah and speak about mm, sorry just the ca- just the simple case of annexation yeah. Yeah. 800,000 Palestinians displaced from exactly. their homes yeah. who used to live all over Palestine, including yeah. Christians, including Palestinian mm. Jews who refuse to associate with the Zionist entity. Mm. I mean, uh, my family comes from Lod, which mm. for the first time or for in a long time uh, appeared on the news in a recent mm. uprising. Lod is where Tel Aviv airport is. Yeah. Tel Aviv airport used to be called Matar al-Lid, yeah. a Lid airport. Mm. So mm. not only were there people, there was infrastructure, there was organization. Yeah. There was an, an, econ- an economy. Mm. They happened to speak the Arabic yeah, language, yeah. but they're people they were very of that rich. Region. They were very rich in in, in Lod and in Yaffa, mm. in the north. Yeah. yeah, and I think that element is always neglected, which is the the the, the, the Christian Arabs and the Jewish Arabs and the persecution they face. Mm. You know, we've seen scenes of even some of the Orthodox Jews being attacked by the IDF. Yeah, and mm. I think that's also dovetailing into the public consciousness mm. and. Uh, you know, this is not even a religious conflict. This is about pure racism. Yeah. Uh, it's about land grab. It's about ethnic cleansing. And, you know, mm. these words like apartheid, ethnic cleansing, they're mm. making their way into the public discourse. Yeah. Mm. And and that's exactly what's happening in the schools with the young people rising up, mm. you know, and, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of old, old war horses still in that kind of prevent duty mode, trying to silence it. And it can't be silenced. Enjoying this podcast? Remember to click subscribe, like, comment below, and donate to support Islam trying to see make more of this kind of stuff. I want to actually pick up on the point of schools a bit more in a bit more detail. What if someone is watching? They're like, you know what? I want to speak out at my school and do something, or mm. uh, but they're scared, or their parents are scared. You might get whatever put on some list or excluded or something because we don't want to. I spoke to Dr. Leila, um, head of Prevent Watch as well. She said, we have to be careful not to over kind of um, emphasize the resistance or prevent referrals or whatever at school from Palestinian activism because at this time we don't want to scare the community into mm. yeah. just silence. I mean, the, 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 a specific point about <coughs> exclusions is important here because we'll talk about general activism, but... Uh, you know, there's been some very high-profile cases of children being sent home. Mm. Yeah, any time a child who's supposed to be in compulsory education is removed from schooling and sent home, that's an exclusion. Mm. That that's a very important point to even if they don't mention it. Yeah, sometimes mm. they say, "Oh, they're sending them home because uh, they've got a Palestinian badge on the uniform." Okay, go and go home and get changed. That's an exclusion. Okay. What's the significance of it? Of it's it very, excluded? very significant. Uh, uh, it, it appears on the child's record. Mm. It, it has to be reported by the school in their own figures as well. Uh, it has a long-term effect on that child. And mm. important from the perspective of the parent, it can be formally challenged. Mm. Yeah. So exclusions mm. actually can be challenged under the Equalities Act 2010. Exclusions can be challenged by the uh, the school's complaints policy, which is mandatory to be on the school website. Mm. And then it can go to the governing board. And that's really significant. We've seen some really ridiculous head teachers coming out and making statements about equating, uh, you know, uh, solidarity with the Palestinian human, humanitarian suffering with anti-Semitism. So people, parents feel a bit disempowered. This is the head teacher. 
But your complaint can over, go over the head of the head teachers, the governing board. And the governing board is often made up of members of the community, people who are fair-minded, balanced people. Mm. So it's very, very <coughs> important that parents do challenge any attempt to exclude their child. Okay? Now, we don't want to get to the crazy situation where children are running riot in the school. You know, mm. sh- you know that, That's not going to help anybody, right? <laughs> climbing up lampposts. <laughs> yeah, climbing up lampposts. <laughs> I was wondering when those sound effects going to come. <laughs> Let, let's emphasize on that point about um, exclusions yeah. and uh, the importance of parents challenging that because that is a permanent record mm-hmm. on the child. And it's very important that a child with their first taste of activism feels supported. Mm. You know, you don't want that child for the first time to step out into the big world, mm. you know, to make a stance mm. and then get bullied, be bullied and silenced by their own parents as well so it's very important they challenge it obviously we don't in, endorse chaos in schools you know mm. really the place for demonstrations are demonstrations right it's mm. in Hyde Park mm. and ultimately schools are a place for learning but you know this is the school of life this mm. is when you begin to understand the principles in the modern context mm. so you know schools need to be understanding flexible uh, they need to give children a free space, uh, safe space to express themselves. Because don't forget, they're consuming images they've not seen before. Yeah. They've not seen other children <coughs> buried under rubble. They've not seen uh, people praying in a mosque and then suddenly stormed and attacked. You know, they're processing these images in real time. You know, these are kids who have been used to FIFA and yeah. you know Call of Duty in a very kind of cyber world where even doing basic chores is difficult. Now they're yeah. being bombarded by these images. Yeah. So school is a place where they'll recognize a safe place where they can express themselves. And school leaders need to be intelligent enough to accommodate that Mm -hmm. and not try and, you know, shut it down with an iron fist. Because, you know, in decades to come, we will recognize this as a true apartheid, Mm -hmm. like uh, Beit Salam and other human rights watch and other human rights organizations have called it a clear apartheid. Mm. You know, those teachers do not want to be on the wrong side of history with their face on YouTube, yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, for, for, for decades to come to Absolutely. be associated as racists and Zionists. Mm. It's very important for them, for their own legacy and also for our children mm. as well. Mm. So what do you suggest, uh, you know, imagine if someone's been excluded, what are they supposed to do? How, how can they challenge that? They, they, they follow the school's complaints policy mm. and that will be uh, published on every single yeah. school website. It starts off usually with a phone call or letter. And it usually has stages. So first of all, you, you complain to the teacher involved or then to the head teacher and then the governing board. Mm. So you may have to have a bit of patience and go through the various channels. And what always happens, especially because a lot of these exclusions have been very knee-jerk reactions. Mm. Some person who's been brainwashed into the Zionist narrative believes they're standing up against anti-Semitism. And, and also six years of prevent. Yes. They've been told to look mm. at these Muslim students yeah. as a potential, potential ticking yeah. time bomb. Or yeah. A, you know. yeah, and with a shocking lack of knowledge of history yeah. and, and the situation in the Middle East. So they should complain. And what will guaranteed happen is the school will try and shut down that complaint through a conversation. So ask for things to be put in writing. You mm-hmm. know, Ask for an email confirmation of what's been discussed. And don't, don't be afraid to take it to yeah. the governing board. The governing board will have people from the local community, people yeah. who are reasonable, people who are politically astute, who understand the situation. Do you recommend Muslims, and this is probably, probably a broader point, Muslims join these governing boards? I think forward? it's very important that those governing boards represent the community. That's the yeah. whole point. Because sometimes a teacher can be very much blinkered to what's happening around the, in the outside mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. And that's why people from the community who have something to invest 
uh, who can contribute to the school and the ethos of the school, it's very important they do join. Yeah. And, uh, y you know, the, the, you'll find it very rewarding as well, the mm. impact you can have on that community of young yeah. people. Your schools are supposed to be a microcosm for society, the ideal society. Yeah. You know, so therefore it needs those talented people to join the governing board. So in summary, don't be afraid of saying free Palestine or going, rocking up to school with a, one of these scarves or something like that. If something does happen, there's clear, you know, yeah. complaints, procedures. Yeah. And um, you've written, written an article, I'm going to mm. publish it probably before this podcast comes out, inshallah. We'll put the links down in there as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, Fahad Ansari, he mm. wrote uh, a nice little summary of what you can do. Mm. Uh, practically mm. speaking, like literally, and I spoke to Ismail Patel as well from uh, Friends of Al Aqsa. Mm. You can contact Cage, you can contact, they've got a phone number just for this. Uh, Friends of Al Aqsa, uh, MEND have a specific link mm. now. Mm. If you have been affected, if you feel bullied, mm. Islamophobic kind of bullying at school from teachers, response it, uh, uh, log it here. Mm. We can, uh, you know, all these are very important to log statistically. So on a, on a broader policy scale, we can say, look, here's the statistics. Uh, you know, this is what they're saying is increase and decrease. I mean, there have been examples of just yeah. straightforward misbehavior and people yeah. trying to kind of, you, yeah. know, you know, what young people like. <laughs> yeah, they'll, young they'll try and portray that as. Is uh, it because I'm brown, miss? <laughs> yeah, it's because of, uh, yeah. you know, I'm wearing a Palestinian vest. I mean, we, we, have to be, we have to investigate and we have to yeah, be yeah, fair. Yeah, and I think young people, balance. yeah, they need directions as well. Mm. The, 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 the youth that went to the protest. Mashallah, they have the energy, they have the passion, they have the care. That's the most important thing. But they still need some direction and advice because mm. otherwise they can ex express it the wrong way. But what's, what's strange is that if someone goes to school with the LGBT flag mm. or the Black Lives Matter badge, no one's, no one's going to say something. Why, why is it problematic in schools for, for someone to say free Because of dehumanization of Palestine, decades mm. of dehumanization of Palestine yeah, yeah. That, that, Palestinians. I mean... The, at the sort of broader level, uh, we should expect that if we are to be pro-Palestine, pro-justice activists, mm. that's going to come yeah. at mm. a specific cost. The majority of man goes with what's comfortable. Yeah. And what's comfortable is to, is to go with the strongest, to go mm. with the normal accepted narrative of the time. Yeah. Uh, in the hadith, uh, Prophet Ali wasalam, says, describing the people of Baytul Maqdis, yeah. They're not affected by opposition mm. or those who let them down. Yes. So opposition is usually uh, embraced by those who are against you. Mm. And those who let you down, those who you think should be with you, mm. but they're not. Mm. In the beginning of the hadith, لا تزال طائفة, mm. a, a small contingent mm. of my ummah will so. be continuous in upholding the haqq and overcoming their enemies. Mm. So yes, I, I mean, we need to obviously navigate around what's legal navigate around what's acceptable but mm. at the same time when you want to change you mm. expect to go against the yeah. normal narrative mm. i mean Absolutely. we spoke of mary manning who used to work in uh, dunn stores in ireland who refused to handle uh, a grapefruit i think she mm. was suspended alongside mm. a number of her peers mm. and uh, when uh, archbishop desmond tutu invited her to south africa at the time they were kicked out of south africa they weren't welcome and now she's celebrated as a leader. And mm -hmm. I believe there might be a, a road named after her. Mm. And all of Ireland, even at the national political level, as you mentioned, Sheikh, mm. at, at one mm -hmm. point, the, uh, the political and the nation will catch up yeah. with justice. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yes. So be, be at the forefront, yeah. be part of that minority. There's yeah. nothing to be ashamed of. Mm. Yeah. That, um, that brings me on to what you, uh, the, 
a, a good segue for what I want to mention as well. In that mm. The last podcast with Sheikh Ismaili Patel, Friends of Al-Aqsa, he mentioned something mind-blowing, the statistic, yeah. That hundred over 120,000 messages are logged, sent to UK MPs. And he said, I don't know of a single MP that didn't receive fewer than a thousand letters. Wow. This time yeah. round. Wow. This time round. And I mentioned this in khutbah on Friday and an elderly uncle came up to me and he said, ironically, it was at the youth centre. Which <laughs> 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 is full of old uncles, mashallah. <laughs> they're the youth. They think they're the youth. Young at heart. Yeah. Uh, he came up and he said, I've been living in this country for 40 years and this was the first time I messaged my MP. Wow. Yeah. Mm. And I thought 120,000, I, I think it's a, it's a sign that the, the community is slowly but surely on upward trajectory, inshallah, mm. about when it comes to being active and, mm. and feeling that they belong here, feeling that they have rights, feeling that the MPs work for them yeah. rather than maybe the, the traditional mentality which is keep your head down mm. you're a subject here you're not a citizen yeah don't speak i mean you're talking about the mps but it's the masajid yeah. as well you know mm. the masajid we've seen a level of activism now yeah. in those masajid which you know for many of them they were very sleepy yeah. they just wanted to be kind of like retirement homes for the elderly who just want to f- focus on dhikr and quran that's great but the masjid is slowly morphing into, you know, a hub of the community yeah. where they were making qunut, where they were, Sorry. you know, collecting funds for Al-Aqsa. And, uh, you know, I think it was a, a quote, uh, Zahir Mahmoud maybe who said this, that, you know, those masajid that said, you know, they don't want to talk about Al-Aqsa mm. uh, because of uh, the negative attention it will bring to their masjid, you know. Al-Aqsa is worth a thousand of those masajid. Mm. You know, that sense of, pride back into the mm. sha'ir of Islam, the symbols of Islam is coming and the masajid will have to react to that. They My local masjid, I was really happy to see that, you know, uh, it, it's, nobody's been to, there's no Arabs there, nobody's probably been to Aqsa, or a very small musalla mm. in Slough and Bakshir somewhere. Mm. And the inhabitants are primarily from like Mirpur, thousands of miles away. Mm. They don't even speak the same language or all that kind of stuff. Very kind of traditional, you know, make dua after salah. And I thought, you know, the, the first time after the, 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 the aggression kicked off this time, you know, I just went there and then I heard him making a passionate dua in Urdu about, you know, Al-Aqsa and Palestine and, and Gaza. And I thought, you know what? This is weird, man. I've mm. never been in this situation before. I thought this is this is a good sign. Mm. But I think all of that fervor and that zeal and all the numbers that we have, we need it needs to be channeled properly mm. with some leadership, with some yeah. strategy, mm. because if not, it's going to be maybe subverted. Mm. It's going to be. You were telling me about the the film about um, the subversion of the Black Panthers, for example. Mm. Yeah. Um, I forgot what the film was called um, Judas and the Black Messiah yeah. yeah so about the assassination of the head of the Black Panthers so mm. I mean that's an, obviously a, a kind of stark example but if we don't have a coherent way to channel this energy it's either going to fizzle out or mm. get subverted or um, the, 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 the pro-Israeli the Zionist racist lobbyists are going to you know try and hit back with with other <coughs> kind of um maybe slurs and try and demonize in another ways. I mean, there, someone was telling me that during, everyone, you know, noticed that 
the pro-Israeli media kind of spin and uh, it wasn't anywhere near as polished as, as before. Mm. But what they had been doing while they were you know, dropping bombs and all that kind of stuff, instead of focus that, focusing that much on the media uh, battle, which they, where they probably realized we're not winning this here because of social media, everyone can just directly get the information mm. and stuff. They were actually hitting institutions, hundreds of institutions up and down the country, getting them to sign up to this definition of anti-Semitism and getting mm. them to do this, this uh, you know, workshop here or, or a webinar there and that kind of stuff in a coordinated, organized fashion. Mm. So while we were kind of celebrating the media victory, they were kind of getting the institutional kind of Change. bias and Planning, changes yeah. and, and mm. kind of institutionalizing Hmm. Basically, the, the the Zionist talking points and, hmm. and dehumanization of Palestinian resistance. And, and, and I think you have to recognize how powerful that is with Europe's yeah. history of anti-Semitism. Hmm. You know, it, it's incredible how, uh, you know, Zionists always quote European anti-Semitism. Hmm. You know, not Muslim anti-Semitism or not Palestinian anti-Semitism. <coughs> they always yeah. quote experiences in Russia, UK, you know, uh, Germany uh, as a justification for what they're doing. Yeah, in Palestine and th that's why the European kind of uh, institutions are very receptive to that message they recognize their own history pogroms uh, you know mm. uh, centuries uh, of anti-semitism it, it, it does hit a raw nerve yeah. and I, I think I think I share your concern that you know w w this energy and fervor they can't keep on marching every weekend <laughs> you know at mm. some point there has to be something more productive mm. I think the landscape has changed forever, but it's difficult sometimes to work out exactly what will be productive and useful mm. in the long term, beyond the donations, beyond the dua, uh, you know, beyond mm. the education in terms of history of Al-Aqsa. You know, how do we move forward with a strategic plan? Yeah, I'm really, I'm really impressed with Ayan Institute, for example. It's a good kind of think tank. They've they've been doing a um, um, uh, recruitment drive for. Mm. Um, interns over the summer and uh, one of their directors he was telling me that they received like a hundred almost a hundred applications and they're very high quality brothers mm. and sisters you know Washington. studying PPE uh, you know in, in, uh, in Oxbridge and all this kind of stuff you know that people who if we you know we have the talent coming up now young mm. people who are confident in their Muslimness confident in their skin as you know British Muslims and they have the the potential and and the, and the desire to yeah. work, be active for the dean. But and we need to, and, and it's good that there are some institutions and so forth that are, you know, trying yeah. to utilize that. Well, we we are promised that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is going to give victory to to the believers, to the people upon mm. the truth. We know that's going to happen. We know from hundreds of stories from the Quran and the Sunnah of similar yeah. uh, people who Allah Subhanahu wa Taala gave victory to, to. We just need to prepare. Yeah. ourselves first yeah. are we ready for that position are we ready f to be in leadership position and it's true we do need to do as well part of that journey is to do islah of our own nufus as well because Allah Azza wa Jal would not give this fadl this great virtue or victory except to people who are close to him mm. so we need to kind of hasten for this opportunity now to be uh, closer to Allah and to do one of the greatest you know obligations and duties um, mm. to, to, to be on that Inshallah ta'ala um, path I mean it's, Subhanallah The name of the uh, Place in question Is Baytul Maqdis 
the home of purity. And one of Allah's names is Al-Quddus. Really indicates that for you to be a member of that struggle is for you to purify yourself. A lot of people will say, start by cleansing yourself and everything will be resolved automatically. No. Part of cleansing yourself is to associate with that struggle because this is Baytul Maqdis. And the purest people are those who are struggling in this cause, subhanAllah. Likewise, like our ummah is being cleansed through Palestine. When we lose our way, the worst people will take over this blessed place and really test our ummah as to what side we stand on. But the point I wanted to uh, drive forward specifically was not to belittle anything you do for mm-hmm. Palestine, Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, for the Ummah and its causes in general. Uh, we, we've been conditioned to trivialize two things, I think. Mm. Maybe, maybe three. The first is protests. Mm. And the second is financial support. Mm. They'll say, yeah, all we can do, this is just reactive. Mm. SubhanAllah. I was in close contact with, with a brother who worked for a humanitarian organization in, in Palestine. And he mentioned the hadith, never crossed my mind when it comes to financial mm. support. He says, he said, Man fi ahlihi Whoever looks mm. after the family of those at the forefront, mm. of those struggling at the forefront of the cause, it's as if he himself is part of that struggle. Mm. And when the, the Zionists were targeting apartment buildings, it was for one reason only. They'd ring the people, tell them to leave, then they'd smash the apartment building into pieces, entirely residential. This was to demoralize the people. Mm. Mm. Once the people are demoralized, they'll put pressure on those who are resisting to stop. But you promising them that you're going to rebuild the civilian infrastructure, mm. you are actually helping those at the front of the struggle to continue. Because mm. they'll be like, alhamdulillah, we have the patience and we're given the patience by our ummah behind us to continue. Mm-hmm. And that really facilitates yeah. the continuation you know, th- this, of the struggle. This reminds me of um, a brother who was in contact at the height of the bombing. You know, they were receiving uh, cash donations in terms of zakah because it was the last week of Ramadan. It's mm. typically when people give their zakah. And they, uh, they called this brother in London and said, uh, in the nights while the bombs are falling around us, we're making dua for you. Allah you Allah. know, because... Though th- that lifeline, that, that cash donation, that zakah which is going there, you know, uh, to know that your family are going to be taken care of, you know, mm. to know that your community will be rebuilt, mm. it's so empowering for them, <clears throat> you know. Mm. Uh, they are on the front line, but to know that the world is behind them, it makes such a huge difference to them. And they said, yeah. we are making dua for you. You know, those people who sent the, the, the and, and in terms of it, it, you might think it's a hundred pounds, just yeah. nothing, thousand pounds, but you know, it, it can if, turn if, the tide. One point something billion people, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, are sending you that, then uh, subhanAllah. Yeah. I think there's unity now yeah. just because of Palestine. It's such a, such a disaster, such a kind of own goal for the Zionists, right? They've managed to unite. Absolutely, and we shouldn't yeah. feel disheartened that every yeah. time mm. we build a house, it's going to be destroyed again. Yeah. Mm. Because the days it's built and being utilized are longer than the days it's destroyed. And yeah. in the end, this is from the destruction of this dunya. Anyway, yeah. it's mm. a facilitation for the struggle to continue, inshallah. Oh, ta'ala. Oh, uh, the, the other thing is dua. Some people say at least make dua. Well, dua is the biggest indication of your sincerity. Oh, and dua, mukh al ibadah is the center of ibad, so it permeates every action. Any action mm. you, you, you give money, Ya Allah, make the money reach Sorry. the right people. 
you struggle, Ya Allah, make my struggle effective. Wansurna ala al-qawmil kafirin. Thabit aqdamana. Dua permeates every single element of your, including when you protest, including when you send, when you sign a petition or when you lobby. You're constantly making dua. Subhanallah. And uh, it's really touching to know that there are people who make dua for the ummah or for Palestine in the middle of the night who nobody knows about. And Allah may answer their dua. And subhanAllah, ignore all of those who come out in public and express their support for Palestine, subhanAllah, because of the sincerity of their hearts. They know that they are a minority, the people of Palestine, and they're happy to lead the cause. And like uh, Sheikh Abu Hanifa said, they're so empowered when they see people behind them. And, and finally, the political capital of the Zionist state. If you, I mean, I'm sure you noticed in this war, obviously not too belittle how many were killed, 240 and 67 children. But it's a tenth of those killed in 2014. Many people and say, <laughs> <laughs> So they, we expect martyrdom for them. Inshallah. And they're satisfied with that. Many people say, that, oh, If the Zionists wanted, they could wipe out Gaza. No, they can't. Because they don't have the political capital because of your protests, mm. because of your activism. So the value of their nuclear armament is as valuable as having it to begin with, if you cannot use it. If you can't use your weapons, it's as good as you not having those weapons to begin with. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the ummah, after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is stopping them from being able to utilize that arsenal. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. You know, on that point, so we, we spoke about, okay, look, the, 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 the young people are, you know, the, the, they have so much potential, so much zeal, they're getting more and more, you know, Radicalized in a good way, <laughs> becoming awakening. Yeah, they're becoming awakened and, and and you know feeling more confident as citizens, not subjects. There's a general kind of upward trajectory uh, in the community, inshallah, of awakening. What are the obstacles to that awakening, right? Both for young people and the general kind of uh, maybe you know we focus on young people anyway because of the you know the guests that we have here, inshallah. But what are the obstacles? One of the obstacles is that we mentioned. You know, the, the, the Zionist kind of uh, propaganda machine and, and lobby is stepping up their game and, and trying to mm. quell and, and disempower and neutralize and um, uh, yeah. kind of uh, delegitimize Palestinian activism mm. resistance. What are some of the other obstacles mm. to this mm. upward trajectory? I you think, know, yeah, sorry. No, no, go ahead, go. I think within ourselves, maybe there's, there's two, two issues. Um, firstly, uh, firstly, those who are uh, recognizing the state, um, in particular Emirat, um, and their position. Um, uh, normalizing relationships. Normalizing relationship. I think in particular Emirat and soon perhaps uh, Saudi Arabia, um, the other countries are known for their relationship with, with Israel. But Emirat and Saudi are very good at mm. having good propaganda in the Muslim world that they are, you know, supporting Islam and so on. So we need to be careful with the position that they're taking because they fund a lot of um, Islamic organizations for political reasons. Mm. So you will find, unfortunately, that this, this has an effect on some of the, the du'as that we know, some of the mashayikh that we know. And then they're, they're pushing their narrative. I'd just like to add, Islam Trinity is not funded by any... <laughs> <laughs> I think of foreign well, governments. You've, you've successfully proved yeah. that just now. <laughs> However, uh, we do accept <laughs> gifts. So. <laughs> Go ahead. Just kidding. We don't want your dirty money. <laughs> um, 
Sheikh Turifi, he, he mentioned, he was asked, what are, what are the signs of the hypocrites? Mm. So he said the signs of the hypocrites are those who, when Islam is attacked, they remain quiet. Th these are the same people that perhaps will say it's due to our sins and you know, only when we're on our aqidah, then, then we will be victorious, etc. And once there is a group it's of Muslims, secularism, basically. it is secularism. Once yeah. there is a group of Muslims, they want to do something. Even if this thing is small in, in their eyes, it could be magnificent in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They want to do something, they are the first to highlight their mistakes. For example, those group of Muslims, they said, let's do tarawih and, and do qiyam. Mm. Or let's go and do a protest. Or let's write an article. Or let's do a petition. They will criticize these actions. But they will remain quiet about... About yeah. the actual problem. Yeah. So if you are on the right path and you have all the answers and the solution, you lead us. You bring, you know, victory. You help the oppressed and we will follow you. So it's very, um, it's a barrier to, to progress, to success. Mm -hmm. That there are people, mm -hmm. at least they're trying to do something. At least they care. At least they're um, willing to, to, to support the cause. If you're not going to do anything, then be quiet. Leave them. <laughs> let them. Let them mm -hmm. do the job. Yeah. Um, so I think these are t two issues that we need to uh, be very mm -hmm. conscious of. Some of the, especially in the Middle East, like the political um, direction that some, some of the Muslim leaders are, are taking. And as well as within ourselves, some of the, our brothers uh, and, and sisters who are putting a barrier, you know, uh, to, to Muslims being active in this cause. Mm -hmm. no. Do you know, there's one thing which I think Ahmed alluded to um, is... This idea of islah that you know that you just need to make islah of yourself on a personal spiritual level and Allah will miraculously change your environment as if engaging with your environment is not part of islah mm. you know the Quran it's it's such a spectacular on goal with you know the way Israel attacked in the end mm. of Ramadan the Quran was fresh in our minds you know the Quran speaks about people active in you know, social justice, you know, they came from the farthest part of a town, a man running, what, this man wasn't on Tawheed? No, he's Muwahid, he's person immortalized in the Quran. You know, part of Islah is to engage, part of uh, correcting yourself and Islah of yourself is to engage with your community, your society, to call out the injustice. It's a reciprocal kind of relationship where you're focusing on your own spirituality, but that is uh, emboldening you em emboldening you to call out injustice in the society which mm. causes you to go back deeper into your ibadah and your relationship with Allah and your dua you know I, I remember walking into a masjid and this was at the height of the bombing and there were a group of brothers sitting down reading a hadith and the hadith was about something totally different you know and the, 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 once they did the commentary on the hadith, the, the, the line they went down is this line about it's because of our sins. <laughs> this idea you, you become sinless, pure, and then suddenly the Nasr of Allah comes. It doesn't work that way. You know, part of the purity of the companions was to prove their mettle at the Battle of Badr. You know, they, they went out on a raid. Before they know it, they're facing the, the, the might of Quraysh, you know. There was no time to go back to Medina to focus more on tahajjud, mm -hmm. uh, purity and, of yourself. And like you said, you the have question to engage. Is, the question is wrong anyway. About, about sitting, sitting, yeah. sitting, sitting idly by is a sin. Yeah. <laughs> and not, not doing Amr bil ma'roof, not enjoying the good, not forbidding the evil. When you have the ability to do something, 
Yeah. Is a sin. Yeah. Yes, yeah. specifically when the struggle is of a defensive type. No. So yeah. it's, it's, it's equivalent to you telling a thief who enters your house, just yeah. hang on a second while I purify my, my heart uh, before I defend myself and my family. Yeah. Yes. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ said, whoever dies defending his wealth, mm. his family, mm. or himself, meaning intention from the perspective of the intention, is mm. <coughs> a shaheed, is a martyr. Subhanallah. Because when it's defensive, you have no choice but to defend yourself. And justice, al-adil, is one of Allah's characteristics. So purely by defending yourself, or your land, or your honor, or your family, mm. is part of upholding al-haq, truth, and is a ibadah. Yeah. Let alone if you manage to embody uh, a good intention, subhanAllah, in addition, in addition to that. So it's, 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 it's part of the fitrah of the human being anyway. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you mentioned a few countries and a few kind of regimes in the Middle East and stuff. I wonder, is there any discourse outside of these countries that actually problematized, and, uh, you know, actually seeing, uh, 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 fixing some injustice if you see it? It seems to me, I mean, in, in modern history, it's only kind of Islamic movements and yeah. groups and sects from the, that part of the yeah. world who happen to be under dictators and, exactly. and, and uh, dictatorship and stuff that they actually even even entertain the question of is protesting halal yeah. I mean, or not. You, you need to look at the history of these movements, uh, Dr. Salman. Mm -hmm. the, the, these movements were began, initiated when the Americans wanted to seek justification yeah. for their presence in Saudi Arabia to invade Iraq. Mm. Mm. That's when this Muslim uh, da'wah, let's say, group or contingent split into two. Those who wanted to side with the government position and to provide religious justification for the presence of the Americans mm. and those who were true to the message of Islam. Yeah. You cannot accommodate such an atrocity. And they went and most of them are in jail today. So knowing the history of this movement provides a lot of yeah. uh, benefit. But the other thing is uh, and Sheikh Haytham, Allah Yahfad, always mentions this point. He says, mm. anybody mm. who uh, claims a monopoly on the haqq mm. know that they have lost their way or mm. something of that order. Unfortunately, much of the Ummah, East and West, are looking at Saudi Arabia for guidance or looking at the Khalij mm. for guidance, the closest place to mm. the revelation. And what they are hearing from Al-Khalij is, we are the people of Tawheed, you are all the people of Shirk. Mm. All of you have graves in your masajid, this, that and the other. So naturally they associate this narrative that they are the people of Tawheed with everything else that they say. Mm. That's why listening, obeying the ruler, irrespective of he's a dr drunkard or doesn't pray or, or, of, or he's a tyrant, mm. is, is given so much credibility. Yeah. Because it's coming out of that region who have claimed a monopoly on Tawheed. But they forget that one of the tenets of Tawheed is who you side with and who you side against. Allah. That in fact... Isn't, it, isn't that the essence of Tawheed? Absolutely. I mean, if you look at the Quranic description, ultimately, it boils down to which side you take. Exactly. That if you... And even any simple person can understand that. If you go into the deep kind of uh, philosoph philosophical, ideological aspects of Tawheed and the, the branches, it can get quite confusing. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about right and wrong and which side you take, every Muslim... Every human being can understand that. Mm. And it's really where the core, you prove your metal in terms of Tawheed. Exactly. It, it's not an academic discussion. It's, not, it's, it's something about how you live your life and to whom you give your loyalty. Yes. And this has to be emphasized. And it's, it's very key. I really appreciate Sheikh Ahmed bringing this up. That those young people, as they're growing up, they need to see the religious people as leading yeah. these movements. Yeah. 
Otherwise, this could have a disastrous effect on their iman, where they believe, well, these scholars, what did they do for us? And the, in that I, time the irony of is, the majority of scholars all around the world are not like that. <laughs> it's like the very specific. It's a bit like the whole voting thing, right? When you mm. when you come up and you, you're hearing voting haram this and that, and it's very easy to kind of create a justification on that, or protesting problematic, create a justification upon that, and then you look. Wait a second, the whole scholars like in. In, in the rest of the world are like not only just okay with voting they're bloody standing in elections yeah <laughs> they're, ho they're hosting like massive rallies protesting against this that or whatever regime in Pakistan Bangladesh Indonesia Malaysia you know uh, uh, Morocco Mauritania they're like so different to that kind of very narrow uh, kind of pacifist almost secularized mm. uh, neutralized uh, doubt that oh, comes absolutely. out of some of these absolutely. places absolutely I mean, they say, it's funny, it's ironic that many of the people of this persuasion will teach us about the deviant groups. Uh, included in those deviant groups are, for instance, the Burjia, those who said it's enough for you to have Iman in your heart. And <laughs> in action, don't worry about your action and so on. Inshallah, you'll be saved. And the other group are the Jabriya, that whatever you do, um, Allah is forcing you to do it. Mm -hmm. you, have no, you have no intervention on your action. They say these two groups, subhanAllah, emerged after a 33,000 strong contingent of companions and tabi'in failed in their rebellion against Yazid oh, ibn yeah. Muawiyah. <clears throat> so these people couldn't, you know, they couldn't make sense of the fact, how can we lose? So they said, khalas, you know, whatever Amir we get after this day, so long as he has Iman in his heart or, or Islam in his heart, that's, mm. that's sufficient. We, we uh, shouldn't that, speak That's important to, to highlight that because Ahmed, you, you know, you've written a series, we'll put it on the description or whatever, about the the scholars of the early Muslims in mm. early Islam, the Salaf, basically leading and being part of revolutions and, no. and rebe armed rebellion, even armed sure. resistance against exactly. Muslim rulers. Exactly. I mean, obviously, that's how it began. Mm. And uh, sometimes you wonder where these individuals get their, where they read, what books, what books they focus on. When the Prophet ﷺ says that the master of the shuhada is Hamza and a man who speaks against political authority and يَأْمُرُهُ وَيَنْهَاهُ فَقُتِلْ he tells him what's right and what's wrong, and he's killed. It's an invitation to give counsel to those in charge. And if you're killed, you're next to the master of the shuhada. You know, this is not a debatable matter. Mm -hmm. The other thing is using broad terms and labeling everything with that term, mm -hmm. like khuruj. No. Khuruj. Okay, so let's sit down and define what is khuruj. If a government mm -hmm. allows you to Rebellion. protest, a government allows you to protest, mm -hmm. that's the opposite of khuruj. <laughs> that's them telling you to and protest against me. Yeah. But yeah. Sheikh Ahmad, what's more ironic is that those regimes themselves, they became in power because of khuruj. <laughs> <laughs> and, Absolutely. And khuruj against an legit Islamic khilafah that Absolutely. was united the ummah. And then they did khuruj and they became independent, secular or national, uh, nationalistic mm -hmm. states. This is Al-Waliyu um, Al-Ghalib. Uh, they said they created a new term. He said this is uh, the leader who wins. We have to submit to his charge and authority. U useless, yeah. and subhanAllah. Uh, likewise, they supported the khuruj against Muhammad Bursi, and they supported the khuruj against the legitimate government of Libya. Uh, and, and subhanAllah, the khuruj against Iraq, whether people ag agreed with that regime or not, they hosted those who did khuruj against, and they happened to be the American forces. Subhanallah. Uh, subhanallah. And uh, so, so I, think, I think we should invite people to use their minds, mm -hmm. not to be so naive. Mm. Okay? It's and, also because of, you know, the, like, a twisting of uh, a hadith and ayat and stuff mm. is very easy to create a, a, 
a narrative that makes sense to people yeah. and in which you're just kind of um kind of rubber stamping your own desires basically mm. like that you know a hadith about obey the ruler even if you take some money and you know mm. uh, whips mm. you and stuff it's just I, heard I mean it's not, it's not that jihad. easy to yeah. it's not that easy to manipulate these no source because yeah. you know there's not just one nas there's yeah. you know the quran and it's replete with examples of amr bil ma'ruf but it's a certain mindset which is attracted to this kind of understanding mm. it's mm. a mindset which mm. is highly secular you know, highly materialistic, you know, uh, I just want to get on with my life. I've got certain acts of worship, which I do, mm. which I'm comfortable with. Mm. You know, uh, I don't want to rock the boat. You know, it, it, I, I, you almost become a bit labored with seeing the same prototype over and over again. You know, highly secular, highly materialistic. Black and white. Yeah. It's simple. It's more simple yeah. to follow. Yeah, it's simple to follow. Yeah, exactly. uh, and anything which challenges their status quo or their comfort zone. Yeah. You know, it's just dismissed on religious grounds. Yeah. So, you know, it's. I think a lot of people see through it, and a lot of people see how shallow that kind of reasoning is, yeah. and how against the essence of Islam it is. It's a shame for them, I think, because you're right. People are realizing, and they are now losing credibility, and no one's supporting them anymore. And truth will always be shown in the end. Hmm. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe we're just in an echo chamber. Then maybe they are gaining currency. Because it's easy to make an argument that makes sense. If they just don't, if they just don't focus on the bits that you're talking about, you know, enjoying good feeling, everyone so forth. They just talk about a very kind of secularized version of tawhid, and you know, and including in that is part of our aqidah is obedience to rulers. Like the hadith I mentioned is very for a young person who doesn't know much. If they're introduced to these things mm. and given a modern spin to it, mm. yeah, obey the ruler even if he's an evil person, or obey the ruler even if he takes some money and whips your back, for example. Sheikh um, mm. Dedo, he said that none of the scholars in the past understood that to mean the ruler is doing something wrong, i.e. he's taking your wealth in a legitimate way, he's whipping you because you, you deserve the had punishment, for example, he's taking mm. zakah off you. Um, in terms of if he's, if he's committing injustice, Nobody, you know, th this 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 mm. notion wasn't there that complete and utter obedience to the ruler, historically. But they bring modern reinterpretations of these types of nusuls, mm. and it's very easy to create a narrative that look, tawhid is everything. By the way, tawhid only means this very specific, very theoretical kind of mm. stuff. Nothing to do with your actions. It's just in your heart what you believe and so forth. Um, therefore, and you know, the third kind of uh, you know pillar of our dawah is. Oh yeah, be uh, be uh, obedient to to the ruler, whoever it is. It's easy for a young person, I think, to get drawn it into. It doesn't that. provide any solutions mm. to pressing issues in the ummah, and that's where people will start questioning. Yeah, absolutely. you know, how does that provide any solution to what's happening in Palestine? How does that free Al-Aqsa? Okay, I, you know, I, it doesn't provide any solutions whatsoever, and that's isn't that our mantra that Islam provides solutions? So I, I don't think it's that attractive. Yeah. I think it's more a question of desires. Yeah. And uh, desires are attractive, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, political scholarly independence was mm. totally obliterated in the colonial era. I, I read that over fifty percent of the Uthmani Empire was awqaf, yeah. community endowments that would support the dawah. Wow. And the first thing that the French did was remove awqaf. And only when they removed community endow endowments were they able to create a scholarship like in North Africa 
that supported them mm. because they were on the dole. Mm-hmm. And, and in reality, many of these uh, brothers, these so-called uh, mashayikh, are on the door of the government. Yep. They're, they're incredibly rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're incredibly influential in their own spheres, in their own echo chambers, as you say. And, um, and unfortunately, money corrupts. Yeah. And when it corrupts a scholar, it corrupts mm-hmm. enormously. You had, you, had a, you had a series on that as well, establishing the... Ensuring the independence of scholars mm. historically. Uh, very I'm very sensing important. a pattern here with your recent articles. Bro. <laughs> and like the Mashayikh said, Al-Haqqu Adlaj, truth is clear. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala huwa al-zahir. He is mm. the most apparent. The way that you see or the Ummah considers to be the true way is, inshallah, the true way. Allahu Akbar. Okay, everyone just went quiet after that. <laughs> okay, I'm conscious of time. Mashallah, we've uh, I don't know how long we've been recording for, alhamdulillah, but I saw it was a good sign. So uh, let's end just by your final message to the young people in particular, because this is you know um, let's, let's focus on them. So who wants to go first? Let's start with Ahmed. Just a quick final message to the youth then. You see, I think um, it, it's been so empowering seeing the activism of youth, but mm-hmm. uh, what we need to combine that is, with is religious devotion as well. Mm-hmm. Salah, dua, the basics of Islam. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very potent mix when you have religious devotion uh, with social activism mm. and a strong sense of justice. It's very irresistible. Mm. You know, it's what human beings are looking for: a sense of purpose, a sense of direction, a, a bringing about change. So, really, what we don't want to see is people going to another extreme where they're they're out in the demonstrations and they're not praying their salawat. Yeah. Uh, they're not increasing in their knowledge of the Qur'an, they're not reciting the Qur'an. We, we want to get that potent mix together, where you have a strong sense of uh, integrity and, and, uh, uh, and a moral responsibility to your society, to mm-hmm. the Ummah, to Al-Quds. But we, we also have that religious devotion, that personal worship. Uh, if we can get that balance between the two, that is extremely attractive to the wider community. People who are not from a Muslim background. I feel that's what they're looking for in society. Mm. Wise words. Good luck. I told you guys to go first, and I'm going to be able to follow that. <laughs> I would say, mashallah, I totally agree with the Sheikh. Um, and you quoted uh, the, the story from Surah Yasin. Mm. Uh, this is my advice for the youth. Uh, this person, Rajul. He's not known, we don't know his name, so always do actions for the sake of Allah, sincerity. Yes'a means he was proactive. He came to say the truth. In the end, subhanAllah, he was murdered for speaking the truth and supporting justice. But in the sight of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, he was from the close people. He was told him to enter Jannah. This is the youth that we want to see. Proud of their identity, work with sincerity, close to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Speak, speak the truth and never fear the consequences of being on the right path. I think the Mashayikh have, have covered it, uh, Dr. Salman. Okay, I, that's I, enough I, work. <laughs> you're just being uh, no, absolutely, no, absolutely. I, I'd just reiterate that message. Yeah. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kuntum khayra ummatin ukhrijat linnas. You are the greatest ummah. And that's contingent on three things. Ta'muruna bil ma'roof. You command towards good. Mm. You command away from evil. Mm. And you believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The rest of the ayah, and if the people of the book had believed, they're the second best and the third best. That mm. would have been better for them. And the implication of this verse is that nobody knows objective truth. And nobody is equipped mm. to deal with munkar like the ummah of Islam. Allah. And wallahi, my young brothers and sisters, mm. as much as you are victimized, as much as you are stigmatized, the whole world is envying you for the way that you have. Allah. The greatest way, the most objective reality, following the clearest path, be empowered and focus yourselves, my young brothers. SubhanAllah, recently, when I spoke to some young brothers, what I find mainly in them, uh, as the Mashaykh mentioned, is a bit of disorientation. And mm. I suspect this is because of social media. Mm. They know a, a tiny bit about everything. Mm. No, focus yourselves, my young brothers and sisters. Learn from your elders. Take the best of the old ways, because they're the purest ways. Mm. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep you strong and mm. active mm. and mm. resilient mm. and consistent. Allah barak fikum jamiyah. brothers, Mashaykh. And khairan to you at watching uh, at home. Uh, my message to you is, my reminder, if you like this podcast, give a like and a share. Let us know in the comments if you agree, disagree, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, let us know in the comments below. Uh, we'll put all the social media details from the brothers, the guests here in the description below. And also, stay tuned to Islam Twitter and see for more good stuff. Just a reminder, click that bell notification uh, if you want to subscribe, if you're into this kind of stuff. And you'll be at the front of the queue whenever we drop a new podcast or anything like that. So, that's it from me and the Islam Twitter and C team. See you soon, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.